Hello and welcome to the Bears, Birds, and Brews podcast. This is a show about the Chicago Bears, the Atlanta Falcons, and craft beer. My name is Asif Lakani. My co-host is Nabil Lalani. And on today's episode, we have a very, very special guest with us, Mr. Nabil Kareem from ESPN. How's it going, Nabil? What's going on, guys? Welcome to Atlanta. Thank you. Um, for those players of you who play, right? Yeah, the players exactly. Play. <laughs> uh, it's not hot Atlanta right now. It's cold outside. Do you, do you guys hate the hot Atlanta? I don't oh, mind is that it. Something like you guys like? I don't mind it. Yeah, some. It seems like some people hate it, but I don't. Uh, I mean, it's an easy way to find out who's not from here. Right. It's just like, oh, you're not from here. All right, right. Let's see where we can go from here. Where can we take this? Can you buy me a drink? Right. Right. <laughs> right. Because you know, people calling it hot Atlanta, they're not from here. Exactly. Right? That's like uh, I lived in Toronto for about ten years, and people who say Toronto, not from Toronto. Boom. You got to drop the last T, so it's Toronto. 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 Okay. You say Toronto, you haven't been to Toronto. Well, and some people say Atlanta, and we're like, it's Atlanta. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Okay, Um, so similar. Similar similar concept. I got you. All right, so I'm going to start off hot. You just flew in, correct? Yeah. Okay. Okay, did you have a person in front of you on the flight? Yeah, I did. Did you have a person behind you? Uh, I'm actually not sure uh, if I had a person. Did you recline? I did. I never reclined, though. Okay. I never actually recline. You seem like you wouldn't recline. I I feel like people who recline aren't like, turn out to be like, assholes (laughs) assholes <laughs> right uh did the person in front of you recline no all right so no. okay cool so you're a nice guy yeah so i had a, I had a pretty pleasant experience i, I i've been seeing and, and following what's going on social media and man it, it's a heated debate it really is it's a heated debate listen i my wife reclines okay and she'll recline all the way um she's not reclining and bouncing on her chair or anything like that <laughs> okay um and i don't know i I don't know where I sit on this. Like, I don't recline. I just don't do it anyways. Yeah. I don't feel like when I recline, I, I'm in a great position. I could fall asleep anyway. You know I, I mean, mean, you're a pretty tall guy as well, so. Yeah, that's the that's the problem for me is, like, my knees are always kind of against the, the seat in front of me. Yeah. Which is always uncomfortable. But uh, never been a recline kind of guy, so. Okay. I mean, so, hey, everybody, we don't recline. That That's the rule going forward. Reclining isn't going to happen. I'm a, I'm a Canadian, man. I'm polite. There we go. We're, Cana- we're polite people. <laughs> There you go. We don't want, we don't want conflict. Exactly. All right. Try, try All right. So let's try this coffee. Yeah. So right now we're actually drinking Bat Bat coffee soda. This is non-alcoholic beverage um, made by a fellow Georgia State alum like Nabil. Yep. I, I did graduate college, mom. Uh-huh. It happened. So this is extracted coffee. Right. And then it's mixed with uh, natural caffeine and then soda. It's carbonated. Yeah. It's canned by Second Self uh, Beer Company which is here in Atlanta, but then it's made by a girl named Danielle. I was on the phone with Danielle yesterday just to get some insight from her on this product, and she's trying to make this a nationwide sensation. Um, Bat Bat Coffee Soda, at Bat Bat Soda on Instagram. It's pretty good. I mean, we got the black coffee soda. That's the original flavor. And so if you like coffee and you like soda, all in one, here you go. Yeah, I mean, I would never have thought of putting uh, soda and coffee together, (laughs) but... Kofa sounds great. <laughs> I mean, that's just a flavor. That's what it is, yeah. <laughs> um, hell yeah that's no, a, they should actually call it that. That's, that's a nice little merge you got there. All right, cool. Um, I only take 1% branding fee for that. So. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's, it's good. Um, I've already had two coffees this morning, so we'll see how strong. Go, uh, going for the hat trick. I mean, you are Canadian, right? Dude, going for the hat trick. Yeah, if I go for the hat trick, I might be in the washroom. I'm not going to lie. I might have to take a washroom break here. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we got plenty That's to do later. isn't it? Yes. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Off to a great start. We're the washroom, really not the coffee. Here, yeah. The washroom, not the coffee. The coffee's yeah. delicious. No, the coffee's great. It's really good. Um, cool. Okay, so we'll get started with this conversation. Once again, we're drinking Bat Bat Coffee Soda. And as far as Nabil, so Nabil, you're on ESPN. 
I am. You're an income. I, I hope I am still right. when I get back. <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> Not because of us. Right. Um, so you're an anchor on Sports Center, and you've been yeah. there since May 2019. Can you tell us a little bit about, like, your journey and what it's like to work at ESPN and how you got to this point for people who might not know? Well, how far back do you want me to go? Wherever you want. This is your story. You right. get to say it in your words. Right. Um, so I'll try to give you the calls notes, and if I'm going too long, just tell me I'm boring you. Um, no, man, I, I go back to like my childhood where, uh, I was about 140 pounds in grade five and people look at me now. I'm about 175 pounds right now. I'm 36. So uh, inspiration over here. <laughs> no, but, and it's not even to like body shame or anything like that. I was unhealthy. I was really unhealthy. And so, uh, my doctor put me on a diet and I'll never forget the guy's name, Dr. Wishart. And he uh, put me on a diet and he said, you got to be a lot more physically active. And, and so it was a real wake up call and, you know, even for my parents and they started, oh, you got to do more things and, you know, cut out cer certain foods and stuff. And it was from there that I really like developed a passion for sports. And, um, I just became obsessed with it, man. Like, uh, you know, a lot of kids love video games and, and I like video games too, but not to the sense that I like, or not to the same level that I love sports. And I would love being outside doing different things and playing different sports and, it kind of just became a passion. And um, then you go fast forward to like high school. And in high school, uh, basketball became the sport that I love. I know everyone says hockey in Canada and you got to be, you know, to be Canadian, you have to love hockey. And I did love hockey, but I didn't play it growing up, ice hockey anyways. Um, but I play basketball. And um, that's all I wanted to do. And, and I would watch, you know, sport. we had Sports Center in Canada on TSN. And I'd watch that, and there's another channel called Sportsnet, and there's this this um, anchor, his name's Don Taylor. And Don always loved – he, he looked like he was having so much fun doing his job. And I was like, man, I want to do that. And so around grade 10 – it was grade 10 at a business class, and you had to bring in somebody that you would you know think you kind of consider a mentor or something. And so I brought in uh, an Ismaili at the time, which was rare – um, and so his name's Farhan Lalji, works at TSN still. He had just moved to TSN at the time. So someone who kind of looks like me, um, a minority in the industry, which was, again, rare at the time. And I got him to come talk to our class, and he, it was great. I was like, man, this is awesome. This is what I'm going to do. And um, I didn't tell anybody, and I just kind of thought, okay, this is what I'm, I'm going to kind of make my goal towards uh, is trying to become a sports reporter and continue to watch sports, continue to play them. And then when it came to like grade 12, I was just like, man, it's kind of unrealistic. And I, I had this goal, I had this dream of doing this thing and I just gave up on it. And one of the biggest mistakes in my life. And it was just one of those things where in our community, the Smiley community, um, you know, we know a lot of lawyers, we know a lot of doctors, we know finance well, we know business well, we know trades well. Broadcasting's foreign, man. Right. Yeah. It's a Definitely. foreign industry. And it still is. You know, it, it's changed a lot in the last, I would say, 10 years, last decade, yeah. since I've been in the industry. Okay. When I got in, again, I was getting in, I was like one of the few in Canada. Um, and now I look around and there's, I don't know about the United States as much. I'm just learning the market now. But um, in Canada, sprinkled all over the country. Yeah. Oh, wow. And we have a great. lot of representation. It's great. We have a lot of people in media. I shouldn't just say broadcasting. In media, behind the scenes. Uh, in front of the camera, in different types of media like this too, podcasting and and, and so forth, and radio, and so it, it's changed a lot. But at that time, anyways, kind of going back to that, it was just uh, a situation where I, I just gave up on it. And so what I did was, my sister is three years older than me. She was going into law. 
Uh, and so I just kind of followed her footsteps and, and started doing criminology. And that's what she did in university. And that's what I did. And kind of going back, I didn't tell anybody I wanted to be a broadcast, sports broadcast. I, I was almost embarrassed, honestly. To say, yeah, I, I get I that. I feel that. I, get yeah. that I, think we all, I think we all relate to that. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, like, I think people think when you're in the public eye, you know, to a certain extent that you have all this crazy self-confidence. And, and uh, for me, that's not the case, you know. And so I, I was nervous and I just didn't tell anybody. I just, you know, kind of threw it out and just asked, ah, screw it and whatever, right? So doing criminology, doing a minor in communication at Simon Fraser University and uh, did a, I am about two and a half years in. I'm enjoying criminology. I actually really enjoyed it. But I felt empty, man. And I was just like, shit. I'm like, this is... It's not what I want to do. And um, I, I looked at my sister who was at law school and the way she was working, what you know, the hours she was doing. And I'm like, man, I don't know if I, this is for me. And again, I was continuing to play sports. Uh, you know, also that was like my focus in my life. And I knew I was going to be like some kind of professional athlete or anything like that. But um, <laughs> it was still a big focus in my life. And, and again, I used to watch those shows all the time, the sports centers of the world. And man, I can do this. I yeah, know I can do. I know I can do that, right? And again, not telling anybody, but I know I can do that. And so I had. It was one point again, two and a half years in. I had this real conversation with myself, and I was like, "I got to do this. I got to do this." And um, what I did was, I started doing what I would call an informational interview, and I and I kind of went out to about twenty to twenty-five different people in the industry in Canada who were at the you know uh, either a network level across the country or at least in a big market like Vancouver, Toronto. And I reached out to them and I said, hey, you know, I'd love to find out how you got to where you are today and what your advice would be. And through that, I kind of came up with a plan. And, um, you know, then I also researched schools for broadcast journalism. And the next step from there was to talk to my parents. And uh, (laughs) that was... (laughs) <laughs> it's always the scariest thing, right? Dude, it wasn't an easy conversation. My parents are like traditional. And, yeah. um, you know, I look back on it now and I, and I got two kids and um, I understand it more now because, you know, you want the best for your kids and you want them to be uh, in a position where they're going to succeed in life. Um, and um, again, broadcasting was foreign. They didn't even know what I was talking about. Like, you want to be on TV? What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> And um, so we had this conversation and it was tough, man, because, again, I'm, I'm in university. I'm dropping a bomb on them. They've never heard. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Is this when he, like, they knew I love sports, but um, right. they were like, what? You know, like, you wanted, like, and the other thing for them is it, it's hard to relate when you don't see people who look like you on TV. Right. You know what I mean? And, and um, now I think that, again, the landscape in Canada anyways has changed a lot. I look at ESPN where I'm at now and. I mean, you see every walk of life. Yeah. We have so much representation. So I can speak of ESPN, um, and it's it's incredible to, to see all the different types of people we have there. But, um, yeah, so I was talking to my parents, and I think the, the thing that kind of sold them on it reluctantly was that they had all these questions and I had answers. Because, okay. I, because I had come up, again, with a five-year plan for myself. Um, and I can't remember all, all the five goals, but the fifth goal was to be in a major market uh, in five years, that was like the, the fifth goal. And, uh, but they had all the questions about money, about this, about that, but like, how are you going to do this? How are you going to do that? And I had, again, I had built out a plan of like, you know, you got to go to small markets and you got to go make your mistakes there. And that's the fastest way to move up and, and so forth. Right. And I think they kind of recognized that, listen, we haven't seen this guy have any kind of passion before. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and he clearly doesn't have it for what he's doing right now. 
and um, what's the point of him going to to do criminology if he's if he's not going to enjoy it and then you know drops out later or something like that. So we made the deal to um, to basically I, I wanted to finish university because I wanted a backup plan. And so again, I had a five year plan. If I wasn't in a major market after school uh, in five years, I would go back and do law school. That was the deal. <coughs> and so I finished university. I just switched my major and minor. So I did a major in communication, a minor in criminology. <clears throat> I went to broadcast school after that. And, you know, it was difficult, man. And, and, and I think the, the thing that was really difficult at the time was, um, you know, telling people again, like I told you, like I, yeah. I, I wasn't, uh, nobody knew that was like my ambition. And especially with our community, because our community always like ask like, Hey, what are you up to? What's right. going on? Right. Like, and, and they don't know. Right. Yeah. And it's something different. And, um, in a way I looked at what my friends were doing and it was all the traditional things that we do in our community. We do really well in our community and you yeah. know, you're kind of setting yourself up for success and there were people who were like snickering at me. There were people who mocked me. Um, <laughs> I have people, like I remember to this day, uh, who were trying to convince me, like openly convince me, hey, you know, maybe you should, like I was already in broadcast school and openly convince me, uh, maybe you should go into business. You know, I mean, just, just forget this thing you're kind of doing on the side here. And that kind of fueled me, man. Honestly, it, looking back on it, it fueled me. And um, I really, w- I had like a laser focus when I went to, um, I went to BCIT, which is uh, the British Columbia Institute of Technology. And they had a really good program in in, in Vancouver and, and kind of known across the country. And luckily it was like 10 minutes from my house. It's great. <laughs> it's great. Convenience. Roll, roll out of bed, yeah. So but, like it was meant to be almost. You know? Yeah, man. Yeah. And, and it was great. And it went, dude, when I was there, so I finished university, I went there. And man, it was just such a change. Like I, I would be there, long hours doing whatever, and you didn't mind working dude, overtime over there, like, dude. You find your passion, and yeah. you're like, man, I love doing this shit. And I'm like, I was there, um, and I think one of the things I did that really helped me out was I started networking early, and other students in, in the class, I, I don't think did it as much, but I knew I was, I needed to make contacts right away. <laughs> and so at Christmas break, the first uh, first semester, it's a two-year program, uh, first semester, everyone's kind of like just run down because we were working these long hours. We were doing a documentary right before Christmas, and, you know, you're still learning the, the basics and the principles and stuff like that. And I went and I started interning over the Christmas break because I, I made this contact at CBC, which is a national network in Canada, and, and uh, I was working at a local market in Vancouver there, and it was great, man. I had access to the Vancouver Canucks. I was going to scrums, interviewing players. I wasn't on TV or anything like that, but I was doing things. You're amazing. You're working your way up. Yeah. yeah. And, and, no, I, was I mean, no one starts at the top. Dude, I was getting experience though, yeah. right? Like how many people had access to to the Vancouver Canucks, like a professional hockey team, which is the biggest thing in Vancouver. Yeah. Um, and I got to go with a camera guy and interview players uh, just to get sound, gather sound uh, for our anchor. And nobody else is doing that. You know what I mean? And so I had access to that, which was great. And I think that was really important. I think networking is so huge. And that's not something revolutionary, but, you know. Um, And so kind of did that and then kind of fast forward a little bit. And my path and the advice I got was, hey, go to a small market. Go make your mistakes. Get on air. Because you you do that in Vancouver right away. By chance, you get a break in Vancouver and you do that and you make a mistake on air. And it's a big one. Man, you're, you're not coming back. And so uh, there were two routes. You, you either go on air, go to a small town, or you 
kind of stay behind the scenes in Vancouver, which most people did. And, you know, you write scripts, you do teleprompter or whatever it is, and you kind of work your way up. So I chose to go with the the route that I thought was best and which was the advice I got from all those informational interviews. And that was my plan, part of my plan. And so I, we graduated. Our, we finished school in um, we finished school in April. We graduated in June. I didn't have a job yet, and other people had jobs and just took whatever jobs you know just to get in their foot in the door. Um, I was hell bent on getting that on air job. I didn't get a job to October, dude. I, <laughs> I had applied to twenty six different jobs. Damn, I got three callbacks. Wow. 26 and that, those aren't good numbers right yeah. the <laughs> analytics team will tell you those are not <laughs> and then of those three two what are the chances that they go all the way yeah. through right i mean you know one was for some random website like news website i was just man i <laughs> got it not move there somewhere in middle canada um and the other one i can't remember what it was and then the third one was the job i got um and i only got the job because a friend of mine <clears throat> had a close circle of friends at school there you know three four people who we all were friends to this day and uh we all celebrated each other's success rather than you know we're competitive with each other that's the people you need in your life dude. yeah dude it's uh, i couldn't believe second year uh, people turned on each other but we had each other's backs these four or five people in our circle and she got she was one of the rare people that got an on-air job and uh the news director kind of said hey do you know this kid he's uh he's applying for this job i think he came from the same school as you and she's like oh he's great he's great like, oh, oh, yeah. he's amazing <laughs> amazing guy like whatever right like big me up like even though it was terrible. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and so that's how I got my first job. And, uh, you know, went out to Prince George, B.C., which is um, a town of like 70,000 people. It's like northern B.C., very different. It's a culture shock from Vancouver. I don't know if you guys have been to Vancouver, but it's a lot like Seattle. Okay. And um, it's a culture shock, dude. It was different, very different lifestyle. Everything's, you know, it's, it's a small town. And I worked my ass off, man. Like, just long hours, odd hours. Did weekend radio in a setup kind of like this, and I was so bad at it. Uh, <laughs> I'm, t- I'm telling that. It wasn't like a talk show element. It was more of a of a, um, of an update element. So bad at it. Fast forward, my next job after that was um, in Winnipeg. And, um, again, just a job where I thought I was going in for something was something completely different. And they got me anchoring, which was kind of cool, but I'd anchor once every like two, three months mm. at times. And, and like, you know, you, you guys do this, like you only get better through reps. Yeah. Right. Not in a position to succeed. And um, there were times where I was just like doubting myself. I'm like, what, what am I done here? You know, like you move away from your family, you move away from your friends. Um, and there were times where I'm like, I just got to quit. Like, I cannot do this anymore. It's not what I thought it was going to yeah, be. Yeah, so I spent yeah. eight months in Prince George, eight months in, in, in Winnipeg, which is relatively quick, actually. Um, and <laughs> it sounds corny, man, especially because you guys are young and you probably don't write things down. But, like, um, I had that, that five-year plan in my wallet. Oh, wow. I wrote it down on a piece of paper. And, again, this sounds so corny for this. You still have it? I don't. I don't. I wish I did. You know, I, I think it might be in Vancouver, in my house in Vancouver, my parents' place. Um, I have to look for it, but I don't have it anymore on me. Um, and I used to look at it all the time. It was a, it was a reminder because I think we set goals. Um, and I didn't know I was doing it at the time, but I look back on it now. You set goals, but if you put it down to paper, you put it down on a computer, whatever, and you look at it all the time, um, I think you hold yourself accountable then. Yeah. Whereas you can make goals and say, I'm doing this, doing that, and you just, eh, you know. Well, depending on the type of person you are. 
Yeah. It's like a checklist. I mean, totally. if you can't check it off, did you actually do it? Yeah. Like these days people are like, oh, if I didn't take a picture of it, did I actually eat? Right. Like, if you didn't <laughs> check it off, did you actually do it? Yeah, Instagram. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, and to your point, I just want to say like, I think when people are in, when you're younger, you know, you have an altruistic sense of the world. And so I think when you write something like that down when you're younger, it's like you're, you're channeling your intuition there. So like, yes, it holds you accountable, but you don't know that you held yourself accountable until five years later. I right. think when you're younger, right. it's just like, I believe that this is going to be my destiny. Right. And, and that's, that's why you write it down on paper. Right. right? right. And then it happens. And so I think that's the beauty of like this childlike nature that we're so fascinated with children because it's like, they have this great sense of the world and what it is. Right. And they just, you know, and like we, we feed off that. Right. Right. So um, was there like a an interview or like a job he got sent to during this time where you're like, you know what? I fucking made it. This is going the right way. So so basically at that time, like, again, I had put so much pressure on myself. Yeah. And kind of just that's why I kind of gave the context of the story before in the childhood and stuff, because, you know, people doubted you. Right. Yeah. And um, and you see your friends and other people who are now I've, by this time I've already become successful or in like law school or, you know, being, becoming a doctor, whatever it is, right. Or business. And, um, I'm still kind of grinding and, um, I didn't mind the grind. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I was hustling. And so what I was doing actually was, again, I, I consistently was networking and I was sending my demo to, I would go at night, um, at midnight, especially this was in Winnipeg when everyone left and I would go update my demo. Because at that time I couldn't use a Mac. They didn't have they had these beta tapes where you have to like mm -hmm. actually physically go there. Yeah, actually, actually cut the tape. Yeah, so I'd go at night and do that while everyone was gone, <laughs> so nobody knew I was cutting demos because they were yeah. like, "Why are you cutting the demo?" Right? Like when you're trying to get another job, kind of thing. <laughs> and which I'd be like, "Yeah," but uh, but yeah, so I do it behind kind of behind the scenes, and then I would send it to people. And I think the big the biggest thing I did that I think was really beneficial for me was I would introduce myself when I was networking to people, but never ask them for a job. And I think that's a mistake. You know, I, I've seen it now being in my position, kind of where people will ask me, like, as if I can hire you, which is <laughs> the dumbest thing ever. So wait, this is not my job interview right now. Right, right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we can talk later. <laughs> but as of right now, you are not going to be working at ESPN Damn. on Monday. Um, but no, it, it, it was one of those things where I would just send them out and say, hey, I'm so-and-so. Here's my demo. I'd love for some feedback. Yeah. And that's how relationships develop when you're not really like asking somebody for some. Yes, you're asking for their help. Right. But in a way, that's a compliment, obviously, to, yeah, to you're who they are. For their help because they are an expert in their field. For sure. Or they're in a position of power. <laughs> and uh, and so anyways, I just kept doing this. And then finally, to, to get back to your question, um, there was uh, CBC Sports in, in Toronto, which is like the national network. They were doing this online show for Hockey Night in Canada. They were starting it. They were really getting into the digital space at that time, kind of ahead of their time in a sense. And uh, I auditioned for it. I went to Toronto, and it was about a four-month process. I went there twice. And I was like, every time I went there, I was like, oh, my God, if I could just get here, this would be amazing. And this is why you're still in Prince George, BC? This is why I'm in Winnipeg. Got it. Okay, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. This is my second. Yeah, so Got I went to Winnipeg, just grinding away. And it was a four-month process. And there were about 125 applicants, I think, the guy told me, the HR guy told me. And I got through the first set right away because he knew who I was because then I had networked with him. Nice. Uh, and so I got through right away for the first set. And then the second set, you have to audition and, and, and so forth. And uh, I'll never forget. People ask me all the time, like, oh, what was that call like when you got the call for ESPN? And it must have been great. And I'm like, yeah, it was good. But, like, the the moment I'll always remember, and going back again to your question, was when I got the call from CBC to be like, hey, you want to come to Toronto? And that's when I got my break. <laughs> 
And dude, it was emotional, man. I mean, my heart was beating, and like the guy couldn't even finish his sentence. I was like, "Yeah," <laughs> which is terrible for like negotiation power and like, leverage. And like, "Oh yeah, you want to underpay me?" Yeah, I just want to be there. So uh, you're gonna pay me for this job, right? Yep. There I am. Oh, and yeah. so, um, no, it was great though, man. It was it, it was one of those moments where I look back, I'm like, "Oh, this is amazing," and and uh, it, it just gave me a sense of like instant validation. Yeah. You know, I did it. Mm-hmm. I did it, man. I made it. And and so from there I went to CBC. I was there for about a year and a half, you know, got some great experiences. They 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 were able to like I hosted like the World Cup post game show in twenty ten for oh, South wow. Africa. Like I got there doing an online show. I was doing like weekend updates on CBC News Network, which is like a so you got like two minute sports updates uh, every hour and and then all of a sudden they're like, Hey, can you host soccer? And I'm like, Yeah, yeah, no problem. I'm like, whatever, you know, not a big deal. And they're like, Oh, it's gonna be uh, an internet show. Like I was no problem. Then they're like, oh, it's going to be on this channel called Bold. Nobody has Bold. So I'm like, no, don't worry about it. I, I don't care. <laughs> and then, like, honestly, three, four days before, they're like, uh, it's actually going to be on the main network. And so, like, you're getting, like, two to three million people watching you. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I've never hosted anything like that before right. in my life. So you got put in positions where, you know, I, you're never ready. Yeah. I think you're never ready for great opportunities. And I think that's the advice I've gotten, you know, throughout my life. And, and you just kind of put yourself in those positions trust the people around you, trust the resources and be prepared, right? As, as much as you can. And so from CBC, I went to TSN. That was the dream right there. I'd already exceeded the five years, you know, I'd done it way faster than I thought I would. And that's why I don't keep that piece of paper with me anymore. Um, and, and it was great. Like I was to be at TSN is like being at ESPN in Canada. Right. Yeah. And so it was going great. And then I just think the last few years, our industry is really shrinking over there in Canada. And I wanted more. That's just honestly, that's that's what it was. I wanted more. I wanted more opportunity. I thought I could do more than I what I was getting. Uh, and I decided. I'm like, listen, man, this is a new venture here in the states. Uh, it's a different uh, landscape. Um, and I sent my my Sam Mitchell. You know Sam Mitchell? Yeah. The former NBA player. Yeah. Okay. That's what I was gonna guess. Yeah. He's coach, sounds- yeah. He used to coach the Raptors. He lives in Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, perfect. Yeah, yeah. And Sam, former coach of the year potentially. Yeah, yeah, I think he won Coach of the Year. Coach of the Year. Did he get fired after that? Maybe Uh, he might have. Yeah, yeah. I think. I I don't really talk to Sam about getting fired. Of course not. Of course, he's got some nicknames for me that I can't use on air. here. My bad, Sam. (laughs) Yeah, but Sam's a great guy because he. I was working with him. We did March Madness together, and um, you know he pulled me aside and he's like, "Man, you got to come to the states." And I was like, "I don't know if I'm good enough." And again, that that. You know, self confidence. You can and, never let that happen. Even it happens, but you can never yeah. tell yourself that. Yeah, and yeah. It, and he's like, no, no, you got it. You got to come. And he was really encouraging. He's like, dude, I work at Turner. Uh, you know, I work for TSM, but I also work for Turner. He does NBA TV and stuff. He's like, brother, you can work in the states. And and I, I was at a time again where I was kind of frustrated and, and kind of going back to the feelings of like university where I was kind of feeling a little stale and like you know, um, I, I loved my job. I could have been there for another 15, 20 years. Great people around me. Great, we do a great product down there. I just wanted to do more, and there wasn't that many opportunities. So um, I got an eight. Uh, well, first, the first thing I did was I recut a demo tape. So this is kind of taking me back now <laughs> wow. again. But now I can actually cut it on my computer, which was nice. But it went back to that grind, man. I, I was like, it was a, basically when I was trying to get a job during that time after school where I, I graduated and I had the whole, whole period of like uh, April to October. I, it was my job to get a job. Yeah, right. So I listed all these references, these people, this, that. I had dates that I actually contacted them. When can I follow up with them not, to not be annoying and this and that, whatever, whatever. And now I was recutting this demo tape and I sent it to somebody, uh, you know, one of these networks and uh, somebody, a VP at one of the networks. And I just wanted some feedback. Again, same thing. I'm not asking for a job. I just got some feedback. 
And the person was like, got back to me, which was surprising because I don't have an agent at that time. And they're like, you're really good. Like, you got a lot of potential. So they're like, uh, you know, we're obviously not hiring at this point, but um, let's keep in touch. And from there, I was like, okay, if this person thinks I'm good, you know what? Like, this is a person of real power. Uh, you know, I, I got something here. And then I went out, got an agent from there. And um, sorry, it's a long, long-winded story. But basically, <laughs> to get to ESPN was that uh, uh, auditioned for ESPN about a year ago. Yeah. There was no, there was no, um, there was no job at the time. They brought me down. They're like, they were pretty clear about it. But like, we want to see, we like, we like your potential, kind of thing. And uh, auditioned, met some people there, and then within the, I just kept in touch with them. Sent them new stuff all the time, and then uh, something came up, and they're like, "Hey, we want you to come down," and that was it. Oh yeah, nice. And so that was a year ago, uh, roughly, mm. pretty much. Yeah, we're a year, year and a half. Yeah. Okay, and then so did you? Were you? Uh, you got hired like right uh, when the Raptors were making their run, right? Yeah. That happened like right at that time. Yeah. Do you yeah, think that had anything to do with it, or you're, they're like, nah, it's all you? <laughs> Which is crazy because I used to like host Raptors games, right? Yeah. And so I was doing a lot of Raptors coverage, and all the years I was doing it, they're losing. and Or they were like really good in the regular season, and then playoffs, it was like just. Yeah. LeBron, you probably run into LeBron. Oh, my God. Like man. everybody. That's oh like God. y'all's biggest nightmare, the National Nightmare of Canada. Oh, yeah. Le- <laughs> Lebrano, right? Lebronto. And so, yeah, like, there you go. <laughs> um, it, was, it was great to watch him, though, and, and to see him in his prime and, and to see what he was. I mean, he's, he's incredible. An incredible athlete so um it was but in, in a way it was great for me to be at espn at that time because again my love is basketball and the coverage in canada got better um and they really you know were, were huge on, on the raptors at that time but um you know hockey is number one over there right and so which we'll talk about in a second yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So, i don't know if you're intrigued by uh what's later in the agenda nap saves hockey right actually maybe we'll steal that because your name's in it too so right, yeah. right. Okay. you know if you can if you make money off of this i'd be like damn right that's right. that one percent <laughs> branding fee right um no okay so dope so well now you're yeah. working at espn right yeah. so like again like back to our community like there is a big like our community's big in espn and there's a lot of people like have you like ran into the like you know adam amin um kevin nagandi even shams jarania who is in our community as yeah. well but i think he's at yahoo i think like he's at the athletic and stadium now. athlete yeah. there we go, yeah. now yeah, yeah which is yeah he was at yahoo recent. before yeah, yeah. You're right yeah but so what's it like yeah to see other south asian people in the industry and on tv because now there's people who look like us yeah right yeah 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 and, and kevin's been there kevin's a good friend of mine he, he he's one of the guys that really reached out to me right away Hell yeah uh and kind of took me under his wing and and you know took me out for dinner one of the you know first first month i was there i think it was uh he actually lost a bet we, we battled the, <laughs> the sixers uh raptors game nice. uh game seven the one with the Kawhi shot oh really yeah so wow, that, he's, a, he's a philly guy so it really hurt him um <laughs> So I, I kind of egged him on a little bit after, but like not as guy kind of know he's like again he's a Philly guy, so it's a big deal. But uh, well, yeah, no. you guys are hardcore sports fans, right? That's yeah. why you work at ESPN. Yeah, so it's totally. different. It's, yeah. I mean, yeah. if you don't like sports, you're not gonna yeah, you're not totally. gonna make it there. Yeah, but Kevin's amazing. Um, you know, he's he's been a really good friend. Um, Adam, I've never met. I, he's incredibly talented, though. Yeah, I have so much respect for that guy. Like, his ability, his schedule is. I was about to say, I'm not yeah. surprised you never met him because I see. Yeah, him. he's everywhere. Well, he's I feel like I see him more than you probably. See <laughs> yeah, him. he's not a bristle. Um, Zubin Mahenti is another guy who uh, does Sports Center. He is phenomenally talented. Um, he is such a good broadcaster. I'm learning so much working with him in, in, at night. And uh, you know, Adnan Verk's a guy who's not there anymore, but uh, mm-hmm. Adnan's a guy who really helped me. Fellow uh, Canadian, right? Yeah, fellow Canadian, and uh, he really helped me along the way as far as my process of getting to espn i could lean on him 
Um, and so he was uh, a great sound, sounding board and like a guy who gave me some great advice. So he, he's just uber talented, right? And I'm just so good at what he does. And, and who's the other guy you had there? Uh, uh, Shams Sharania. Shams I've never met. Uh, but Shams, um, his place in the NBA oh, is ridiculous. It's same as Bo- Woj, same as Adam Schefter in the NFL. Yeah. And I mean, for him to do what he's done, I, I've read an article on him and how he started on like a website of his own and yeah. just kind of real GM. Co- college. Yeah. Real GM when he was in college. Right. Um, I've never, I'd love to meet him. I saw him once at the, I think it was the draft or, um, might've been Duke's for Zion's first game at Duke or something. Oh, yeah. Uh, but he was busy, so I didn't get a chance to introduce myself. But um, you know, I, I definitely want to connect with him because he's. he's hey, so we'll try to get him on the podcast and let him know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> tell him, man. I'd, I'd love to chat with him. It's a, he's an incredible success story, and he's he's a big deal. Well, great. So, and then uh, we got so much on the agenda, and I know we're quick on time, but I want to say, like, so in terms of working at ESPN, like this is a twofold question. Like, what is it like to work with maybe your idols or people you've looked up to? Where it's like now. You know, you probably watched Scott Van Pelt one day, and now you, like, share a cubicle with him, right. let's say. So what's that like? And then also is working at ESPN, like, is it now do you finally feel like, okay, this is – because, you know, you said you wanted more right. when you were in Toronto. Like, is it everything that you thought it would be? Is, you know, like – so that's a two-fold question. Yeah. So, uh, you know, what's kind of interesting, I think a lot of Americans don't realize that is that we don't get Sports Center like ESPN Sports Center in Canada. So we have TSN Sports. Otherwise, right. I wouldn't have a job over there. <laughs> uh, we get ESPN programming over there, so we'll get like games and so forth from ESPN. We can you know air that stuff, but we'll never get Sports Center. So I didn't grow up with Scott Van Pelt. I didn't grow up with like all the iconic names. Stuart Scott. I know of them, obviously. Of course, yeah, right. Of yeah. them, and you and you kind of see you know bits and pieces, but we never had them on Sports Center. So I never kind of knew, and so. Uh, it's a little bit different for me coming here because I know they're iconic. I know, um, you know, that their stance in the industry. But I guess it, it was almost, I think it's almost beneficial in a way because, you know, I meet Scott. I see Scott all the time because his show is usually, uh, it's always at midnight. Um, but I'm usually working at that same time. And I see him all the time in the makeup room or whatever. He's just a great guy. And, and I'm not really intimidated by him because, um, there's yeah, no man. preconceived yeah, notion of yeah. who he well, is, well, and, he, and he's a great guy. He's just really, right. he's just what, a normal. Dude. Isn't he tall as hell though? He's so tall, dude. That that was intimidating. <laughs> that intimidating. I didn't realize how tall he was. He's he's a giant human being, uh, but he gave me great, great advice, man. Like I, I shadowed him one day, uh, you know, my first three weeks there, and he just said, "Listen, man." He goes, "You're one of us." He goes, "You're here for a reason, and uh, just be yourself, and uh, you know, you're part of this team." And, and, and it was kind of just. Simple advice, but great advice in the sense that it kind of puts you at ease, right? You know, you don't, you came here for a reason. They hired you for a reason. We don't need you to be anybody else but yourself. And so that's, that's cool. So again, guys like that have been great. All the anchors I've worked with, everybody. And I've done morning shows, I've done, you know, daytime shows and night shows or whatever. Um, and everyone's been really cool uh, with that. The second part of your question, I've forgotten already. Oh, well, it was just like, um, is there everything you thought it'd be? But it seems like it is. Yeah. No. And, and the thing is, like, um, this was never part of the dream, man. Yeah. <laughs> I never, in my <laughs> wildest dreams, even if you go back five years ago, would say, I want to go to ESPN. Like, I thought I was at the, the pinnacle. And uh, this only came about in the last couple of years where I thought, it's, there's more. It's like Ron Burgundy. Like, he's never ready to leave San Diego. Right, but right, But when right, he right, does. San Diego, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, and it's been amazing. Like it's, yeah. you get here and you're like, okay, do I measure up? Uh, and I think things have gone really well so far. So 
I'm really happy, and I'm now, you know, want to see how far I can get into ESPN and, and hopefully, you know, move up around here. All right, before we get to the second uh, part of the, the segment about hockey, I was going to bring up, yeah. just wanted to know, like, who was the first athlete you saw and you're like, holy shit, I'm interviewing this guy? So my first sit-down interview, I've never done it. Like, I haven't done many sit-down interviews because I haven't been reporting that much. I usually do anchoring. Uh, when I was with CBC Sports, I was covering the Rogers Cup. And they're like, you got to do a sit-down interview. And I'm like, oh, with who? And like, Novak Djokovic. Shit. <laughs> and Novak, that was the year he broke out. It was like 52-0 and 0 or something like that. Wow. He had a crazy streak that year, right? And so the Rogers Cup was part of that and his streak. Sat down with him. He was great. I have a soft spot for Novak just because how how good he was to me. I'm sure he realized this guy sucks sitting in front of me and like, why couldn't you give us like this a new kid? You gave yeah. me a new guy. Yeah, and yeah. so um, I, I, you know, it's funny. It's just to talking to him right before the interview. I was just uh, a good friend of mine in high school with a basketball with was Serbian, and so I, I mentioned that to him, and I mentioned that kind of connection, and he instantly was like opened up, and um, he was great. Right. He probably still thought I sucked, but he was great to me, and um, so Novak's cool. I think one of the ones where I kind of look back is David Beckham. Wow. Okay. Uh, and we were going to the World Cup in 2014, me and my camera guy. And we stopped in Miami to cover England, who was training in, in Miami. And at the time, I was at TSN, and, and the guys were like, the news desk was like, hey, can you do us a favor? We got to get some clips from David Beckham um, for, I think it was BBC or something like that. So I was like, sure, whatever. And so we go down, and I thought it was just going to be like a press conference. Like, he's always in these big settings. And it wasn't. He was just doing something at a kid's <laughs> camp. It was He was at a kid's camp, and we just, like, went to his PR people. And we're like, hey, can we talk to him? We're here for, like, so-and-so. And David's like, sure. And so it was me interviewing him and one radio guy who just kind of come there. <laughs> and so it was just like a one-on-one almost. And uh, David is – he's got this aura around him, man. Uh, you feel less attractive around him, that's for sure, because he <laughs> is just – he's a handsome human being. Um, and, but, but he's – He's interesting because he's one of the few athletes that I've met anyways that he'll come up to you. He'll say, hey, I'm David Beckham, like as if he has to introduce himself. Like, <laughs> I'm David Beckham. Shakes your hand, shakes the camera guy's hand. He shakes everybody's hand. He's really polite, well thought out. Um, I think at the same time, you know, he's so polished. Yeah, know, for, for somebody who's like doesn't do a lot of these things, yeah, it's kind of cool. Uh, but I think he was just – he was great. He gave us great answers uh, for the questions that I, that I was giving to me because that's uh, the angle they wanted. And – uh, it was. There's just an aura, definitely around David. That's different. I think. All right. Um, all right. So before we go to that uh, hockey thing, I was gonna bring up just yep. um, just to remind our audience, where can people find you? What time? So usually for Sports Center, I'm doing the evening shows. Okay. My schedule is kind of all over the place, but it's usually 11 or one. Uh, okay. And it could be Monday through Sunday. I don't really have like a time slot okay. just right now. I also do in the crease for ESPN Plus, and that's again. In the all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, all right. So I had this idea that occurred to me one day. It occurred to me when I was watching. It was about 10 years ago. Um, the Bulls were, were in the playoffs and yep. the Blackhawks were in the playoffs. Right. So, again, a long time ago. <laughs> and they had, they had the game scheduled at the exact same time. Right. And I'm like, why the hell is the NHL playoffs parallel with the NBA playoffs? Right. So my idea to save hockey, I call it NAP saves hockey. Right. We delay the hockey season right. to January 1. Right. January 1, start off Winter Classic, all original six, 2-2-2, two, 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 they play. That's right. the first game of hockey, Jan 1. Right. And if you follow that schedule, the NHL playoffs will start after game 7 of the NBA Finals. Right, okay. 
So then, so no All Star break, nothing like no, that. No, no All Star breaks. It's accounting for a regular NHL season. Eighty. Oh, so you're starting the playoffs like late June kind of thing. Yep, right, right, right when the NBA playoffs end, Game right. Seven, whoever hits the buzzer beater, right, Toronto wins, done. Right. Next day, Game One of the playoffs. Right. At MLB All Star break, that will most likely be Eastern and Western Conference playoffs. Okay. And then Game Seven of the Stanley Cup will end three days before the NFL Hall of Fame game. Oh, you really thought this out? I did. It's interesting. Uh, I I don't. <sighs> I think the NHL is pretty traditional, like most other leagues, where yeah. they probably and, and the, traditionally, again, the hockey season for most people who play hockey, growing up playing hockey, is during the winter, exactly, which makes sense. Exactly. So I, I don't know how that would play in the summer. Um, I, I still think, like the NHL, they this year, for example, I, I just do not get this. Like they had Sidney Crosby and the Penguins playing Connor McDavid and the Oilers. How good is Connor McDavid, dude? He's unbelievable. He's the best player in the NHL. And it's not even close. Like, no, not at all. Yeah, like Sydney's really good still too. Obviously, um, Connor McDavid. He's at a different level. It's he's ridiculous. A okay. LeBron-like level as far as dominance. Right. Cool. Um, but yeah, so they had these two stars. They're they're two biggest stars in the league, arguably two biggest stars in the league. You got to showcase them. Yeah. They had the game at one o'clock. <laughs> it was one Eastern, so I think it was eleven Pacific. I was like, and I was doing in the crease that day, and I was like talking to my producer and I was like this is ridiculous like this is crazy this has to be I know scheduling happens in buildings and arenas and whatever that's got to be like Wednesday night hockey in the states on NBC right like yeah. a primetime game or on hockey night in Canada on a Saturday night where they're playing at seven o'clock or whatever it is right a seven eastern or even like in the afternoon if you want later in the afternoon one dude come on man Who's was it one it? was it one eastern one eastern so west coast audience is not even going to see no, it. not a chance like if you're in Edmonton you're watching it obviously but I mean, yeah. what about the United States? Like, you want see, everyone should see Connor McDavid play. And, and You'll see, fall in love with hockey if you watch all, Connor McDavid all, play. All I'm saying is, you know, a couple of years, I'm sure the NBC contract is going to be over with, you know, ho- with NHL and a certain four letter network may want to move it to the summer. You know, again, I no, I, I don't no, want to get no comment. I don't want to <laughs> get a rich over this. I'm going to wet my beak a little bit. I'm just saying, Nab <laughs> saves hockey. Yeah. You know, move it to the summer. Yeah. You know, there is AC units. I, I've seen them. I've seen um, – I, I know they have international hockey tournaments during the summer, so it's not like it doesn't happen anyway. I, I also think these leagues – I also think these leagues look at themselves uh, and, and and are like, why should we change for somebody else? You know what I mean? Like that would show almost like an oh, inferior and, – And I get that. Yeah. But the thing is like hockey cannot compete with the NFL – Hockey cannot keep with compete with the. Um, well, they're definitely not trying to compete with the NFL, though. Right, but yeah. yeah. But the thing is, like, only thing you'd be competing with is baseball. Right. And baseball is that's more, doable. Is more regional than hockey is. Right. Hockey is more of a national sport than baseball is. Right. But the regions are just more into their it, baseball teams. You know what I'm really surprised about is that, like, if you look at the game of hockey. And um, you look how fast it is, how hard-hitting it is, how tough it is. You know, like the players are warriors out there, right? Right. Um, I'm surprised it doesn't get more love in, it, in the States because it's got all the elements of, like, like football, basically, it, it's right? Football, it's, like, it's football on ice. Totally. So I, I don't With know soccer. why it doesn't get... And playoff hockey is great. I mean, like... But playoff hockey is the best, best, is the best sports run. I think, I think there's a... The, 
the most drastic difference from a regular season to a playoff in most sports, it's got to be hockey. Definitely. Yeah. And yeah. like, and again, I didn't even know about this until the Blackhawks started their run. When when the Blackhawks started their run, I started watching. So I'm like, whoa, this is this is phenomenal. Yeah, well, you can ask the bill. I mean, I you know I do other stuff. I just do stand up all the time, so I'm always right. out during the week. But like when playoff hockey is on, I'm like, I'll watch playoff hockey for sure, at least to be aware of what's going on and who's right. playing and stuff like that. Regular season, I try to get it in, but like playoff hockey, I'm like, gotta watch it. Right. And, yeah. And the final two minutes of a hockey game yeah. is the most intense game you're gonna watch in your life because right. that puck can go anywhere. Right. So. Right. All I'm saying is they're special athletes, man. Like oh, yeah. again, they're doing all that on skates. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I don't so, even know how to skate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But see, the thing is, like in the U.S., like basketball right now is number two. Right. And you're not going to get past basketball. I, I guarantee you that. And I think there's more hockey teams in the U.S. than it's in Canada, right? Uh, sorry, there's more more hockey teams in the U.S. than in Canada, right? Yes. Uh, yes. So the market's there right if you just and you have a team in the desert i believe a team in yep. dallas so it's yep. already hot as it is right so you can move it's it to the summer yeah it's interesting and why like why compete when you don't have to yeah i mean it, it is interesting again i don't i from what i know of the nhl and you know all come on years. we can do nab nab <laughs> saves hockey come on dude. oh yeah i was gonna say yeah. nab saves hockey which one right. you know like yeah. nab squared saves hockey. when i saw that i was like oh my god i gotta actually come up with something here i'm like i'm gonna come some, come up with something on the fly but like <laughs> No, oh, yeah. it, it is interesting. And, you know, I think just with the league itself, their direct competitor is kind of the NBA because the schedules align. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it's MLB. I think it's the NA, uh, NBA. And they're just behind in the sense of, like, personality and marketing and things like that. Like, right. The NBA's just the personalities coming out of the NBA are just amazing. But here's the thing is most people think hockey players are boring. And oh, that's no. because And that's because they see these clips of hockey players after the game and hockey players are almost like – just programmed to be like, yeah, it was a great game, and um, you know, we got the, you know, got the puck deep, and and you know, it was a great play by uh, Jonesy over there, and they just kind of, yeah. they kind of that, they, it's a team atmosphere thing. No one's gonna be like, yeah, I was amazing tonight. You know, I, I'm the greatest in the game right now. You know, they, they don't have that, but but but, but, but here's the thing, just, just like, if you meet some of these guys outside of the game, like some of my good friends I used to work at the TSN or former hockey player, like I've been out with these guys. There's so much fun. There's so much personality there. There's so much personality, but it's just it's kind of being filtered in a way uh, in this culture of hockey where it's yeah. team first. And I think the NBA is a little different. In I mean, did, we saw Ovechkin summer when he won the role, when he won the Stanley Amazing. Cup. He, I think he's still hungover yeah, from yeah, that yeah. summer. Yeah, <laughs> has to be. And, and it played so well though. Yeah, like, you know what I mean. Like it played really well in the states, and that picked up some attention. And like I wish more guys were able to be themselves or were more willing to be themselves because you can really sell the game on personality. And they, they can't really do that right I now. I mean, hockey's a phenomenal sport. I, it's it's amazing. I, I wish we saw that team in Atlanta because, you know, we, 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 we struck out twice. We're not going to get a third opportunity. So Yeah, it's probably not coming back. Yeah, right? it's not. But, you know, like up in uh, Nashville, like they go crazy for hockey. Like if teams, like specific cities yeah. love hockey, but yeah. in a national perspective, it wouldn't happen just because of basketball. Right. But. Um. Yeah. I okay. So just some rapid, quick questions, and then we can talk about Kobe and make some predictions because that's how we end the every every right. episode. Right. So I think it's only fair to ask. I feel like what are your favorite sports and what are your favorite teams? Right. So um, my favorite sport is basketball. The right. NBA is my favorite sport. It's always been my favorite oh, yeah. sport. Uh, my favorite team, Raptors. 
Uh, although I did grow up a Grizzlies fan. Okay. okay. I, we were going to ask about that because yeah. of Vancouver. Yep. So yeah. were you hoping you would get Steve Francis? Like, no, did did, did that happen like right before they moved? That Yeah, that was, I think, the year, year or two before they moved. Because um, he was my favorite player growing up after Jordan. Like, I watched Jordan, then I went like a little bit low, and then I'm like, oh, Steve Francis you is You went awesome. from Jordan to Steve Francis? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I was weird, <laughs> man. I was weird. I mean, I, hey, I, Steve Francis skipped a game so he could go watch the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I think that's I mean, favorite player here. status worthy. There we right go, there. right? Yeah. <laughs> I would have never done this pod if I knew that. <laughs> um, that's so funny. No, like, uh, Sharif Abdul Rahim was my favorite player yeah. growing up. Steve Nash, obviously, was one of my favorites too, uh, being Canadian and what he was able to do. But. <laughs> I was crushed when they left. And I liked the Raptors at that time, too. I'm from Vancouver, right? So I liked the Raptors at that time, too. Like, I never had that, oh, I hate Toronto because I'm from Vancouver. Like, I never understood that. Uh, it's kind of like an L.A., L.A., New York type thing. Right. Canada, Biggie right? Tupac. Yeah, East Coast, <laughs> West Coast, whatever. Uh, but when, when, the Ra- when the Grizzlies left, that's when I kind of gravitated, you know, all my attention to the Raptors. And, um, yeah, so I would say Raptors. And then in NHL, I grew up a Canucks fan. But then when I kind of got in the industry in Canada, it's you lose your fandom, and like it's yeah. not like it's not like ESPN where we're like encouraged to like just be fans and, and you can talk about your team if you want. Um, whereas in Canada, it's a little different. It's kind of more traditional journalism. Yeah, it's a little just it's a little different. If I'm like say I'm a Canucks fan and I'm doing highlights, they're like, oh, you're so biased, man. Oh, you you. And because I worked in Toronto, everyone just assumes I'm a Leafs fan for right. some reason. Oh, you just love the Leafs, and it's just so everyone's like Joe Buck over there, dude. Come on, it's, the, just, uh, it's so annoying. Yeah. Well, quit. Uh, do you think basketball could ever return to Vancouver? Maybe like the Absolutely. Sonics, potentially. Absolutely, yeah. man, hundred percent. Like, cool. That that market can that the thing about that market was that people were showing up. Dude, look at the record. It was brutal. Like they barely won games, and so I don't think they had a twenty-five win season. Like they had the best uniforms, though. Those uniforms. Yeah, were sick. look at them now. Look awesome. at them now in Memphis. Like John Morant's wearing a Vancouver Grizzlies jersey, sick, and he yeah. looks pretty sick in it, right? So like. I think it can sustain it. It was more the owner uh, and also like businesses supporting it after a while, but a terrible owner at the time. And and he took over the team and he had other ideas right away, right when he took it from a local owner. And so I think for sure that would be a landing spot and players would love to go there. It's a great city. Um, Okay. And then Uh, let's just do Kobe and predictions. Yeah. uh, Okay. That's fine. Um, So first, where, where were you when Kobe dropped 81? Oh man, uh, what year was that? That was, I don't remember exactly where I was. Uh, that was probably, I was probably in Vancouver. I'll look it up, but yeah. yeah. Um, you know what's funny is like that game was a killer, obviously. Yeah. Um, and it's Sam, again, I told you, I work with Sam Mitchell. I never really asked him about it. It's, it's a bit <laughs> of a sore subject, obviously. Um, but the game I remember more is at 60, the last game. Yeah. And, and, I, and I say that because I was working Sports Center that night. And I think nice. it's kind of lost on people that that was the night the Warriors won seven, their yeah, 73rd yeah, game. Yeah. And I remember our lead was obviously going to be the Warriors. I, I can't remember who they were playing that night. Was it the Grizzlies or something? I don't know who it was, but it was a, it was a weaker team, I think. And so you kind of knew they were going to win. And uh, we had our eye on Kobe's side, two, t- two screens going and watching. And I was like, oh, wow, Kobe had a pretty good first quarter. My producer comes over and I'm like, man, we should probably watch. He's like, nah, come on. like you know, 73. Because Kobe was shooting everything at that yeah. time, right? And then we're like, no, we got to go to 73. I'm like, okay, whatever. Halftime, I can't remember what he had at half, but it was a good number. And I'm like, man, this guy is like, he's going for it this game. He's not. Uh. And then when he got serious, we're yeah. like, dude, we got to go with Kobe. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what they did at ESPN. I'm sure they went with Kobe. I think they went with Kobe. Yeah, you have to. And so that's how iconic this guy is. 
in that a record that we thought was never going to be broken again at 72 and 10 gets broken by a team and they had all that fanfare, all that, you know, uh, media attention around them all year, yet they were the second story on that night. Yeah. Um, and that's how big Kobe Bryant was. And that's something I'll always remember just because it's uh, more and recent. Just uh, Kobe 81 was 2006. January Def- of 2006. Bank, definitely in Vancouver. Yeah. I don't remember where I was watching it, but I mean, it's disappointing. <laughs> it's yeah. But he was just, it was one of those nights where you were just kind of in awe, man. Yeah. Like, you can't hate that. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, it lives on forever. I mean, that's one of my regrets. Like, I used to hate specific athletes just because, you know, you grew up like, oh, you know, I don't like this guy. Now it's just kind of like, why hate? Like, okay, this guy's awesome. I don't want him to win, but man, he's freaking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, well, quick question I had. What's the best performance you've ever seen live from an athlete? Wow. Uh, I was uh, I got to see Cristiano Ronaldo nice. at the Euros in 2012, uh, and Portugal made that run to the final. I was about to say that was a great run for him. Oh my god! Yeah, seeing that guy live going down the flank, um, he is un- this guy's a bullet. Mm-hmm. Like I know he's what 35 now, I think he is, um, but at that time in his prime, and it was it was special. Like okay. really, really special Very to watch. Cool. Yeah, and I got obviously seeing LeBron, I guess, you know, in those Toronto. Man, yeah, I still need to see LeBron play live. That's like the one thing for sure. I've seen Kobe it, play man. like four or five times. Yeah. Uh I've seen some other players do some stuff. Like I saw Blake Griffin in college and yeah. stuff like that it was pretty incredible. But I need to see LeBron play. But no, Ronaldo, great one. Yeah. You know, one yeah. of the best. Yeah. Um all right, and then um is it prediction time, Nabil? What are we predicting, actually? I was going to ask you. So Okay, so what do we have? We had I had, oh, March Madness. Right. NHL playoffs. And then if there's a sport or topic of choice, which I could throw some stuff out there. But we'll start with March Madness and NFL playoff. Or, and yeah, NHL playoff predictions. Who's going to win? March Madness, I have no idea, man. Yeah. I, honestly, this year has been so crazy in college basketball where, like, I think Baylor's still number one right now. But I mean, UNC is not even ranked. Dude, their season Probably. has been unbelievable. I'm a big Duke fan, so like I'm okay oh, so with that. Oh, g- so that game last what two weekends ago, whatever it was. Yeah, that was crazy. Man, I was like Trey Jones. Yeah, I was watching it. They weren't doing well, and I'm like superstitious. Like if they're watching it and they and they're not doing well, right? And and I stop watching. They do what well, I just can't watch. You right. know. So right. like it happened where I stopped watching and I checked the score. I'm like, oh my god, they ended up coming back and winning. Like in the right. final like ten minutes or right. whatever. Um, okay. Trey, Trey Jones is a player, man. Like, yeah, I remember interview- Cassius Stanley is great too. Yeah. I, I remember interviewing Zion and RJ Barrett and stuff last year. We sat down with them and Sick. behind the scenes, they were telling me like Jones is dude. He's like the glue guy. He was their glue guy last year. And I'm not surprised that he's, uh, you know, stone cold like that. Awesome. Um, okay. So prediction on my, you just gonna, yeah. we're going to throw a name out there, a team out there. We're going to go Duke to win it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, probably a better chance than anyone else I could give you right now. I'm not sure if Baylor can win. As yeah. a number, I, I have no idea. Like I, <laughs> this, year I'm just it's, it's a little. It's just all over the place. Yeah, you'd have to see where the seedings fall yeah. and everything. But it, I, it's I gonna feel be like, like this, the NBA playoffs, where it's like you don't know what's gonna happen, right? Yeah, like yeah. I, I'm not 100 percent confident in Duke. I don't yeah. know if you are. You you're a Duke guy. Uh, no, I mean <laughs> I want to be. I you definitely want to be, but you're not, right? Right. So I, I think this year you might see some crazy upsets, like we usually see a few every year. Yeah. 
This could be well, one of those years. As a Duke fan, I'll say, in the years I have been confident in them, yeah. they haven't won. So now that I'm right. not confident, I think they right. might actually do it because right. it's, you know, right. that thing. Right. Right. We'll uh, by the way, I should say, mention, I, I, I interviewed Coach K last year. Oh, right. how I was that? I sit down with Coach K for 15 minutes. Uh, it was incredible. He is such a cool guy. Um, not what I thought he would be. I thought he would be annoyed by the fact that he's got, again, <laughs> this semi-professional Canadian broadcaster talking to him, and he couldn't have been any nicer, more engaging. That's awesome. He was great. Anyways, a lot of love for Coach K. Um, all right, so I'll just say Kansas because uh, I just don't know who else to pick just because it's all over the place. Right. <laughs> cool. Right. Yeah, it's just it's one of those things where you just – who knows? Okay, I'll go with Duke. Um, and then the next one would be NHL playoffs if you got to. Uh, Tampa Bay right now is on fire. And, and they've been close the last couple of years. Yeah, well, la- well, last year they got swept in the first round. And last year was supposed to be the year because they were having a record-type NHL regular season. I like Tampa Bay a lot. Okay. And, and I think after last year's failures, like th- they're prime. They're one of the deepest teams in the league. I look at a team like Pittsburgh who is not as sexy anymore. Mm-hmm. But, man. Like Crosby hasn't played half the year. He'll be rested, uh, and they look really good too. But if I had to pick one right now, I think Tampa's a pretty good, pretty oh, good yeah. pick. Yeah. Okay. But you got to pick for NHL playoffs? I'm going to be a front runner. I'm going to go Boston. Boston? Okay, never, that's a good ne- one. Never a bad one. Nah. Never a bad one. Um, Man, I haven't even – I don't even know if they're in contention, but I'm going to go with St. Louis just going for the yeah, repeat. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I went to school in Missouri, so I have a lot of friends who are Blues I fans. mean, last year St. Louis, what they did was <laughs> phenomenal. That was, that was incredible. Yep, great goaltending. Yeah. Cool. Um, I think we had it. Well, I think that's it. But then, but you got something else? Um, no, I just want to say thanks, man. Like, really yeah. appreciate you coming on. Um, you know, where, where can people find you on, like, Twitter and uh, Instagram? Yeah, so Twitter, it's uh, Nabil Kareem ESPN. And, and that's then, N-A-B-I-L because yeah, our Nabil is E-E-L. Oh, you're one of those guys. Be, I, oh. thought, I thought we could be friends. Yeah, Man. Yeah. It's an American thing. <laughs> no, there's a, there's a, some Canadian ones too out there. It's just sad to hear. You know what? Once I meet an N-A-B-E-I-L, that's where I'm going to draw the line. You know, at least pick a lane. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so it's Nabil Kareem, K-A-R-I-M, ESPN, and Instagram, it's just Nabil Kareem. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Like anything? Oh, I, I do. Thanks go, for having me, man. Like, I do got one question. Yeah, if you have anything, favorite, I, I still got time. So favorite Will Ferrell movie? Oh, that's a great oh, one. Oh, that's a good one. Um, old school was really good. Classic. Uh, uh, I think that was really funny. Um, I think I think that might be the one for me. That's all right. That's such a great movie, man. There's just so many great parts to it. What about you? I'm gonna go other guys. That you know that was I watched when I watched that one for the first time I was like ah and then I watched it over and over again it's, that dry humor just keeps oh, getting you so good <laughs> I wish he I wish he could I wish he could host every single award show right and every single uh, you know uh, thing in that kind of lane right because he again that dry humor sarcastic um, it's just so special man like, right anytime you see him he's him I love Kevin Hart I'm a big Kevin Hart guy I think Kevin's hilarious. Um, I just love guys like that who have that type of humor who are um, who can just make you laugh because right that's like that's the best thing like who does right. not like laugh it's almost conversational humor right right where it's uh, and they're they're physical in a sense like they do physical comedy in a different way right yeah it's, it's not like not like as big of a stick as uh, Chris Farley where he's falling all over the place right. but he still has a little movement so you're just like they just what do you just do yeah like I guess Will's not as physical but like Kevin is for me yeah and he's small and like stature obviously and he plays up plays that up and uh <laughs> I, I think Kevin's amazing, I, and I think Kevin's also really inspirational too. Like you see, kind of what he's done in, in his life, and 
he he's seen success at a later age, yeah. later in his thirties, kind of thing, like real success for for what he considers success, anyways. Uh, so it's kind of cool to to kind of hear his story. So I like listening to him on podcasts and stuff like that too, because um, I think he's got a cool cool message for people. Oh yeah. So right. at Nabil Kareem at ESPN at Bears Birds and Brews. Thank you. Oh, and thank you uh, to Bat Bat for this uh, black coffee yes, soda. Yes, Bat Bat soda for free. No, we ish. got it, but ish. we had a uh, ish. But it's free <laughs> you, for you, you though. You, you got to have it. You got to work. Oh, yeah, I was wondering if you're gonna charge me for this thing now. No, no, uh, I, totally I, I already Venmoed you. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! Well, thank you all very much, and we'll see y'all next time on Bears, Birds, and Brews. Holla.